Jaron Benton, dead end hip hop nigga. When I'm driving down, listen man, when I'm driving down the fucking road of hip hop, and I don't know where the fuck I'm at, it's probably because I'm in the dead end hip hop. <laughs> dead end hip hop, man. Fuck with it, cause I fuck with it. Jaron Benton, it's been a long time coming. Uh, finally, finally got a chance to get you on the show, man. It's been a good grind for you, man. It, it, it has <laughs> been a grind, man. I'm still grinding. I ain't even where I want to be yet. I'll be there. I'm grinding. <laughs> That's the attitude to have right there. And it's gonna fucking happen. <laughs> Hell yeah. For the title of your, of your album, what made you, what was the inspiration just through your grandmother? Was it was like a kind of pay homage? Like, yeah, you or? know what? It was. Most of the most of the albums I've done before this was kind of like just having fun, just fucking around and shit. Even though you still got some of those elements on this album, but most of the serious songs that I did, um, they reflect they reflect a part of me. They were actually they reflect the trials and tribulations that I went through when I was living in my grandma's basement. So a lot of stress, a lot of a lot of fucking growing pains came from living in my grandma's basement, man. And, and I, I never experienced. A lot of shit like that, man. A lot of heartache, a lot of just depression, a lot of just just life. And that was the I think that was the time when I was just going through so much shit. And so those songs that I put on the album, they reflect that moment. So that's why I wanted to call it my grandma's basement. You described it well on your title track because I felt like you was like depressed or angry yeah. or stressed on that song. That last the last track yeah. on there, I was like, yeah, that, that's one of my favorite tracks that, on there. So exactly. yep. that's how I felt to the T on that song, man. Like every. There's nothing on that song that's like exaggerated. Like, if anything, it's not exaggerated enough. When I, that song right there, that sums it all up of how the fuck I was feeling. But in, in, but at the same time, I also wanted to throw that line in there too where I was like, I should be thankful I lay in the basement instead of the pavement because I was just wanted to let my grandma know like shit. That's, that's love, just when a nigga down on his luck and you open the door and you let me come back in and, and get my shit together. But I still couldn't help what I was going through in, internally when I was living in that basement. But it made me who I am today. And I'm thankful for that fucking basement. Like, how cool was it having your grandmother on there? That was cool as <laughs> shit, because my, my grandma's just a cool ass person, man. Like, she just, she's cool as fuck. Like, she, she, never, yeah. she never came across like a grandma. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Like, you know, the typical grandma is just like, you know, you feel timid around. You're just a grandma, you know. I don't. Fuck that, man. You can be you in front of my grandma. That's what I love about her. Like, I never, I always felt like she was a grandma, but I never felt like that, that, the cliche grandmother type, if that makes sense. A lot of black, a lot of black people, family got that type of grandma, man. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, she was just like, like cool with you, like this, this whole rap, like rap thing, like right. She was, she was cool with that. Yeah, oh, she was hella cool with it, man. Cause I've been doing this shit since I was a kid, so it's like, this ain't nothing. Her seeing me doing all this shit ain't really nothing new to her. Right. I mean, she, I don't even think she even understand like the progress that I've made, but I always been trying to rap and I always been the same nigga, if not. You know, I've, of course I've grown a little bit, but she, the same elements has always been there, so it's, it's not surprising to her, man, so it is what it is. So I saw the interview where uh, you asked her, you said, 
So which one, which one of my songs is your favorite song? Oh. She said, I don't love them. She said, you ain't listening to my music. Have you finally got her to listen to your music? You know what? I left, you know what? When I did the CD, I brought like 10 copies and I left them over there. So I don't even know if she's even still listening to it. I hope she has, but I don't even know yet. But I know damn well that day when she said that shit. She did not listen to none of my shit. Never. She's like, oh, I like all of them. Yeah, good shit. Right. The hell out of here. You just said a few minutes ago, like, the, sh the shit that's on this album, like, it's kind of like some real shit you was feeling. Yeah. So now when you, when you said that, I, I thought about heart attack. Yeah, that, that was a real emotion, too. You know what? I went through that experience with two women in my life, man. Um, I had this one chick I was with for a, a, a while. But you know what's crazy? Even when I made that song, I don't have those emotions there no more. Like, it's, it's no attachment to that anymore. Cause it's like, that, that's been long gone and over. I just thought it'd be cool to tap back into that emotion and make a song about it. But yeah, I had my heart broken before by some bullshit like that. You know, you find out you love a chick and she fucking just shitting on you, she cheated on you. And, uh, and the way she went about it was so fucking cold. I, want to, I really did want to fucking kill her. And, um, <laughs> I swear I did. Like, and it's crazy when you when you in a relationship and you dealing with heartache. It's like you miss that person and then you deal with the pain of not being with that person. But then, at least me, yeah, yeah, you deal I with this certain pain. I, I want to fucking kill this bitch. Like, you deal with that too. So I want to really put that out there. That was I dealt with it. Like, I, I really want to kill that bitch. And so I couldn't do it. <laughs> I feel like you ought to even tap back into that emotion. Like, what you mean? You ain't never had nobody break you, your heart. Mike said this shit. I wanted to kill. I wanted to kill. No, but I feel like we all. I know we all fucking feeling ill. Talk to my chicks. If they come out missing, I wouldn't blame you to cut them out. Hell yeah, man. I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe I might need to seek some type of, you too. Maybe I might need some type of fucking therapy, man. Because I don't know, it comes with that emotion, man. Like you heartbroken, you're like, this fucking, this bitch. You fucking bitch. How dare you do that to me? I'm I'm in a good place now. I'm great. I'm actually, I'm actually fucking married, actually. So, so yeah. Get the last laugh now, bitch. Being a southern rapper, how do other southern rappers treat you? Because you are not your 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 typical no. rapper from the that's south. That's a good fucking so question. So I'm man. just I've always wondered that. That's a great yes. you know, that's a great fucking question. I'm about to fucking I vent. Do that. <laughs> you just you about to make me vent. Other there southern rappers, man. If it ain't the southern rappers I came up with, and maybe because I ain't, I maybe I'm just not making enough noise for like the mainstream southern rappers to hit me. I always feel like it's a fucking disconnect. And the crazy thing about it, most southern rappers that claim the A, they ain't even really from the fucking A. A lot of these niggas, like I'm from, I'm born and raised in the motherfucking A, and I guarantee you I got more personal. Just be, niggas might judge me just off the lyrics, and you know it's always that bias with southern niggas when right. it comes to like the shit that's not the typical southern shit. Yeah. It is the truth. So niggas already, I know I say some outlandish, ridiculous shit, so niggas already kind of put like a, a label on me just because of the shit I say and the type of image I portray they think. And I know a lot of shit I do is sort of silly, but at the same time, like I'm, 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 I'm at the heart, I'm the typical, I'm, I'm your typical A-Town. I'm, I'm born and raised here. I was born in Grady Memorial. I grew up on the east side, Decatur, Stone Mountain. I mean, I, I am fucking, I'm more Atlanta than you bitch ass niggas who don't <laughs> fuck with me. Just, just, letting that, just letting that be known right now. So, but hopefully, hopefully, 
as I progress, niggas will, niggas will know niggas will know what time it is. And I, Cause I, it's so many Atlanta artists I want to fuck with, man. Like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, tons yeah. of them, man. I want to fuck with like a lot of them, man. I, I don't, but I hope I can bridge that gap and we can come together and do some shit, man. So what inspires you to make that different type? Like you don't, like you said, you don't have that typical Atlanta sound. So what, what inspired that? Like how, how do you grow up here and not like, have that sound? That's another good question. I can answer that. You know, and growing up in Atlanta, I grew up in Atlanta like when I, the shit in Atlanta, y'all from Atlanta, right? Well, I'm from really. Atlanta. Oh, yeah. We've been for a minute, but yeah. Was y'all down here in like the, like the early 90s and shit? I was, yeah. You was yeah, 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 I, was, I came in 99. Like, in early 90s, I was a fucking kid. I was in elementary, but still, the sound, the Atlanta typical sound then was like, Fucking kilo and, right, right. and like it still had a lot that of booty. Tag team yeah, that, yeah, that booty <laughs> shaking shit. I never really liked that shit. Like right. I fucked with kilo. It wasn't until and and so I didn't like that shit. And as a kid, they they played all that shit on the radio. The only outlet we had to like other dope hip hop was either like Yo MTV Raps, Rap City, and eighty eight point five. Eighty eight point five still around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Sunday nights they used to play like all the shit. So that's how I would hear like a lot of dope rappers from just listening to that shit. And then I would hear like dope MCs that wasn't from the South. Like damn, it was it happened to be a lot of New York and a lot of LA niggas and shit. So something about the sound of that music I just gravitated towards to more than just the shit that was coming out in the South. It wasn't until like I got to Outkast and Goody Mob kind of kicked the door down. Then UGK. 3-6 Mafia, not only just 3-6, a lot of niggas have branched off from 3-6, like Gangsta Black, fucking Player Fly, Tommy yeah. Wright, Crime Ball, 8-Ball, eight, eight all that shit, like that's the South shit I was fucking with, but before that it was just like straight up just that booty shaking type yeah, right. shit, I, I just couldn't fuck with that, so I, I think I, my influence was always gravitated towards like uh, East, Northeast or West Coast, and that's, that's kind of, I guess that's kind of like how my influence is kind of cre help create who yeah. I am. How's Funk Volume treating you, man? Funk Volume has probably been the best decision I probably made as far as a career 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 wise because um you know I was I was fucking around with a lot of a lot of other labels too, man, but I had that experience and that heartache and that heartbreak of just like when you fuck with mainstream labels, how they get in, they want to change the direction, they want to and you start feeling inadequate, you start feeling like, "Damn, I thought what I was doing was good." Cause you build, you take your minute, you, you try to build something and you take your minute to try to, you know, get your fucking skills up. And when you finally on that road to where you feel like you're going in the right direction, like a lot of the mainstream people, they would just tear you the fuck down and yeah. tear you apart. And they don't, because, and the one it is just cause they don't understand, they don't understand it. And so when they don't understand it, they want to, they want to conform you to something that they can understand. And so that would make me feel like, damn, I have to change, I gotta change, I gotta change. And it would always kind of break my heart and make me feel like, fuck, I'm not, I'm not dope enough or I'm not good enough to fucking make it in the majors. But then when fucking Dame came, it was like dealing with somebody that just like, it wasn't no, I mean, he fucked with what, he fucked with what I was doing. That's Funk Boy and Dame and Hops, and they was fucking with what I was doing. And it was no need for them to, they said, shit, if, the, if it ain't broke, don't fucking, don't try to fix it. Right, so right, right. the dope thing about them, they allow us to just do us. Like Dame is never, Dame might critique shit, might say he might, he like this, he like that, but he's never tried to make us fucking change anything, man. Like, and that's what's dope. It's, it, it's not that same. And plus he's a fucking, he comes across like a real human too. And when I say that, like, y'all, y'all know y'all know these industry niggas, man. And no, no disrespect to a lot of them, but it's like, they don't come across as like real human beings. Like they just come across as like 
you see one, you see this, they all the fucking same. Now, I ain't saying all of them, I take that back. But most of them, they kind of got the same lingo, same attitude, same, and it's just like, damn, you feel like you not even, just feel like it's a big fucking disconnect. With Dame, that was the first person I met that was in music that, I can't say the first person, but the first person that was doing it on a, on a, on a kind of uh, good level that I met that was just humble, and he seemed like a fucking real human being, like right, a real right. fucking man. So that was another thing that, that made me want to fuck with Funk Volume, but man, Funk Volume been dope, man. It's been fucking dope. I ain't got one complaint except for Dame, he loves R&B music. So he needs to shout out. When it's, a, when it's a car full of niggas, you can't be bumping tank. Can't do that. You can't do it, man. Do that shit with your girl. Another thing too, like all the other artists like Dizzy, DJ Hopper, Hobson, Swizz, the chemistry between us is like so dope, man. I feel like like we all fucking brothers. Like it's, it's it's no, there's no like distance. It's like everybody fuck with each other, man. And so it's dope. I, I didn't expect it to be as dope as it is. What do you say to the people that tell you that your type of rap will never get popular yeah. with a large crowd? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I've heard that too. I, I heard, I heard, yeah, I, that, I heard that tons of times. Does that man. make you want to change the way you rhyme at all? You know what? I'm the. T it doesn't make me want to change, but I'm the type of person when a, when someone has construct. I, I, I guess I consider constructive criticism. I I, 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 don't really close it off. I actually try to listen to it, because um, before my music was even a shitload different than it is now. So I actually, I did take. Uh, some of their opinions, um, I took some of their criticism and I tried to add elements that they would say and I still tried to add, keep my integrity and keep myself in it. I was, you know, if they were saying like these beats are too fucking weird or it's too hip hoppy, I'm like, well fuck it. I see what's popping and I like, I like some of the shit that's popping mainstream so I kind of borrowed some of the mainstream fucking tactics too. So yeah, I mean, I definitely took their fucking uh, criticism. I, I didn't take it lightly. Like I, I, I was open to, to taking and critiquing um, and progress myself and try to see how I can add. And I'm pretty sure I, there's some people that probably listen to my shit now and think there's a lot, I, I got a lot more growing to do. And, and if someone has something to say, I, I, I wouldn't close it off. I'm like, nigga, shut the fuck up. I'm not that type of person. Like I would really take, he even, I listened to the, even y'all first review, I listened to shit y'all was saying and I was like, okay, yeah. The shit y'all was saying, it wasn't even, y'all, the criticism that y'all had towards the free base with Kevin Bacon album, that actually, I took in consideration to that even doing this album. The next album I think is even gonna be more, more fucking serious than this one right here. It was just good by you signing with Funk Volume, it's good that you still was able to work with Kato as yeah, a producer. Yeah. It seemed like y'all both had your pocket and y'all chemistry, you can tell throughout this whole album, like, oh man, I'm glad like, Funk Volume didn't take you away from that, you know, oh, away from that sound. That's, like, a, that's what's so dope about them niggas, man. Like, they see what you're doing and it's like, they just don't don't yeah, yeah they don't try to fix it hell yeah yeah that was yeah me and Kato over the over the time man we we developed a great chemistry even the same producers that I used on Free Basin are the same exact producers that was on this album too but yeah me and Kato we got a great chemistry and even me and the other producers man it's like I, I dig they shit so and probably on the next album it's gonna be the same exact thing. Maybe a little bit other producers, maybe. Cause I'm about to fire Kato. Fuck me. Anybody that you looking at that you think you want to work with as far as a producer? Uh, you know what? It's a lot of producers I would like to fuck with, man. I just don't know how to. I hadn't got in contact with him. Like I think Harry Fraud is dope as hell too. Like uh, I've been, I've a lot of shit he's been producing. I think is crazy. And you know, of course, the typical, you know, Primo. I would, I kill him <laughs> some shit with Primo, man. I kill a Primo beat. Um, who else, man? 
Um, even Mike Will made, man. I, I fuck with him heavy. I think he makes some crazy shit, man. So I, I was de I'm open to work with any producer that's got some fucking heat, man. They ain't even got to be mainstream, local too. I think your 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 rhyming style can can cater to a primo beat as well to a Mike Mike yeah, Will made it beat. But I think that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's good, man. That's, yeah. that's how you just name both of those two producers as complete opposite styles. That's cool that he that he mentioned that like your flow fitting on different styles because one thing I did notice with your latest tape, you almost have these borderline trap beats, yeah. which you wouldn't expect your type of rhyme style over those type of beats. So I'm assuming that was a conscious decision. Like you want to kind of go for that A sound, but still add your own spin to it, right? Yep, yep. You're right. He's right. Um, another thing I not fuck with a lot of trap beats. Like I can't. Like I say, the South shit that I was fucking with was Three Six Mafia, UGK. Like I fuck with like those beats and those producers that was doing the DJ Paul, Juicy J, even from Pimp C. I know he was doing a lot of shit. With UGK too, and um, and um, even organized noise. How can yeah. fucking I forget organized noise? <laughs> like um, a lot of those beats, man. I think they're dope, and I think that's the thing that's, that's, that's wrong with the South. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like if you listen to a lot of those 808 heavy trap sounding beats, they're like dope fucking beats. And um, that that was the shit that kind of got me into like like I say with Triple Six Mafia. Like the, those beats were so fucking dope. And um, I think with the South, unfortunately, and, and no disrespect to the MCs. It's just that in the MC world, the way their cadence is and the things that they say is not considered like the dope. I consider it dope just because I, I can relate to the experience that's on those beats. Um, I just think a lot of the rappers are just so, not a lot of them, I can't say a lot of them, but it's the typical kind of ABC type style. You don't really hear too many niggas, there are some, but just go in on those beats. So and I think those beats get such a bad rep just because of the MCs yeah. that on those beats. That makes sense. So, so hell yeah, so that, that was one of the conscious efforts, man. Like I wanted to take those beats because I fuck with them so heavy and, and just just do me on it. Like just because I, just the school, I, I came from a school of just MCs studying like MCs and dope lyricists. So it's just in me, just so whatever beat it is, I got it. I feel like I gotta go in. Last question, uh, Vinny Paz R.A., what was it like working with them? Man, that shit was so dope. <laughs> that, the reason why that shit was so dope to me is because these, R.A. the Rugged Man and Vinny Paz are two niggas that I like, I used to look up to like these niggas are killing it. Like I got I got like probably damn near every single Jedi Mind Trick album. And I was I was listening to Jedi Mind Tricks on the fucking way here. And uh niggas in the car like what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> but hey, but no, and same with Ari the Rugged Man, like I've been bumping his shit for so fucking long and it was just like and Ari the Rugged Man is one of those rappers like with the most impeccable fucking yeah. wordplay. Like that nigga's wordplay is Catch stupid. Impeccable people. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous wordplay and Vinny Pass is one of the most the hardest motherfuckers. I actually, and it was crazy, I actually got a chance to, they came to Atlanta, they did a show here at the Masquerade, I got a chance to check them out, man. So those are just two MCs I just been fucking with from day one. And just the, the coming from listening to them to, to having them on my own shit was just like crazy yeah. to me. Like I get a kick out of that shit, man, out of working with people that I came up with. Like, I mean, you know, I would love to work with Lil Wayne, but I would get more of a kick out of working with like, fucking Wu-Tang Clan versus Lil Wayne, but yeah. just because it's people I just yeah. came up with, not no disrespect. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I did some shit with Eric Sermon uh, a while ago, 
and I got a chance to kick it with him. Like we was trying, we was trying to do a little project, and I was actually just geek because I came up off of like Red Man and shit like that, man. So we, hell yeah. So being in the studio with them was like was dope, man. So to me, that that was it was a dope experience, man. I appreciate them dudes for just reaching out, even. I reached out to them, but then they reached back out for me to get on their shit too. So yeah. it's dope. So I think we 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 building a relationship, man. And I, I look forward to doing more more shit with Ari and, and Vinny Paz. But that was dope. Hell yeah. That's what's up, man. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, man. We yeah. definitely appreciate you coming. Thank y'all, man. Yeah. Yeah. Big time, man. Thanks, homie. Oh, My man. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Mike Wahlberg, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck niggas. Yeah,